Welcome to the Teacher's Podcast, in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life-work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. Hi everyone and thanks for listening. In this episode, I interviewed Gemma Sanchez from Grow Your Mindset about growth mindset for both children and adults in schools. I found Gemma's story really interesting as she started out knowing nothing about mindset and was quite surprised by the impact having the right mindset can have. This made me really warm to Gemma as I imagine she has such an empathy for teachers and children when she's working with them as they are probably in the same situation that she once was. During the interview, I quizzed Gemma for tips and tricks that we can all implement relatively quickly in the classroom. I hope you take something valuable away from the interview. So Gemma, thank you so much for joining me on the Teachers Podcast today. No problem. Uh, we are at Lead Learn Langs 2019, mm-hmm. so I'm fitting in as many as I, I can. Um, I'm really excited about this particular episode and interview that we're going to do um, because it's all about growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really happy that you're going to talk to me about that because mm-hmm. obviously um, it's a big thing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'd be really helpful for teachers just to get some tips and ideas mm-hmm. and really understand what it actually is. Definitely. Um, so... I always like everyone to sort of give me a background of mm-hmm. how they got into teaching and mm-hmm. what they've done through teaching, just so they know who you are. Yep. And most importantly, why they should listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my teaching career started back in 2003 mm-hmm. over in a small primary school in Radcliffe. Um, I only spent a year there, just did my NQT year, and it was just while I was there that um, the head teacher was on a secondment. She was actually in charge of another school, and she'd see me teach, and she said, Gemma, will you come and work at uh, Heaton Park Primary School, which is another school in Berry, two-form entry, Um, and no interview, it was just, come, I want you to be my teacher. So I was like, right, okay, brilliant. Went and worked there, did nine years there, uh, seven years doing Senko work as well. Um, and it was there that I sort of started to become really passionate about creativity in the classroom, mm-hmm. um, a challenging school in quite a high deprivation area, high SEN. Um, so it was a challenging school, but just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw an opportunity to go and work a little bit closer to home, which was Greenmount Primary School, completely different leafy green suburb. Yeah, okay. um, but I took the opportunity because they were after a curriculum innovator, a middle leader, and I wanted to carry on that creativity that I'd mm-hmm. found the love for. So went there um, spent just over three years there, but that's where I met my colleague Liz. Mm-hmm. And it was while we were there that um, our head teacher asked us about habits of mind um, because what we were finding, even though it was a leafy green suburb and quite well-to-do parents, the children then were really struggling with resilience. They'd mm-hmm. give up quite quickly. They say, I can't do it. Um, and they wanted to learn straight away and they couldn't understand why they weren't learning straight away. Mm. Um, so we started looking at habits of mind, but quickly realized that actually growth mindset underpinned habits of mind. Um, so we booked ourselves on a course, myself and Liz, um, to see Jackie Beer, who's an international speaker, but former head teacher. Mm-hmm. And she told us about this amazing journey that she'd been on with her school, 
about leading growth mindset in the school and how it had changed her as a person as well. Mm -hmm. And we just came out totally inspired. Uh, really quickly went back to our classroom, started implementing some of the strategies that she'd recommended, but actually realised we need to do this for ourselves as well, otherwise it's, there's, there's no point. So we started to do that, delivering training to, to staff in the school as well. And then other schools around the area started to say, this sounds really interesting, can you come and have a chat with us about it? Um, so that's what we did. Uh, we started going out on a Friday, we'd go and deliver inset training, twilight training. Um, and then we were sat in the pub one day <laughs> and we just thought, you know what, we could actually make a go of this is a real interest. Mm -hmm. um, so um, that is exactly what we did. So last July, uh, we both handed our notices in. Um, Grow Your Mindset was born. And now what we do is go around schools, delivering staff training, mm -hmm. workshops for children on the theory of growth mindset, but also how to weave it into the rest of the curriculum. Yeah. We work with the parents, the school caretaker, the lollipop lady, anyone to try and create this culture of growth mindset throughout the school. So that's where we, we are now. That's amazing. And yeah. I guess that point that you made um, last is important. Mm. Um, it's about getting everybody on board Absolutely. to create a culture. You know, you can't create a culture with one or two people. No. And what we found is when we've gone into schools is some people have sort of said, oh, we just thought we'd go on some training and then we'd be able to do it. Oh, we thought we'd just have a lesson and we'd be able to do it. Or they've gone into, we've gone into schools and they said, we're growth mindset. And then when you actually talk to the children or you have a look what's going on and feel the pulse of the school, that's not the case. So it is a little bit misunderstood as well. Yeah, do you feel in some senses it's just a few posters and, yeah. and it's nothing else? Yeah, a few posters going up and just adding yet onto the end of I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, but it's a lot more than that. Yeah, I guess it, all, it also um, depends on whether um, you've got that support on, you know, ongoing support, you can go on a training course, mm. but really, if you're not, if you're not really understanding it and you don't mm -hmm. have that support um, mm. network that you can sort of go back to, yeah. to carry on implementing it, then I guess that that could cause a problem as well. Yeah. Um, so did you have any experience before then in, in growth mindset? No, not at all. This was completely new to us, really. Um, and I think what um, a, another reason why Growing Mindset was sort of born was because all the theory is out there. You can read Carol Dweck's book on mindset. Mm -hmm. You can download things off um, you know, resource websites and get a lovely poster and, and what to say and what not to say. But what we couldn't find is what it should feel like in the classroom, what it should look like, mm -hmm. what we should hear when we're in the classroom or going around the school. And that's what Grow Your Mindset did is we, we created that sort of curriculum really of what we should be feeling, seeing and hearing when you're in the school building. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, <clears throat> so there's probably teachers mm. listening now thinking, okay, I hear the, the words growth mindset, mm -hmm but I don't really know what they are. And mm. I suppose you've kind of confirmed that that is happening in schools around the country anyway. So yeah. what actually is it? Yeah, so if you sort of break it down into two parts, your mindset is your persona, basically. It's what you believe, what you mm -hmm. think, it's how you behave. Um, and your mindset's incredibly powerful because if you think your brain controls your body, well, your mind controls your brain. So whatever's going on in mm. your head is being controlled by your mind. And um, it's those things thinking it's the thinking that goes on in your brain that sometimes we need to change the element of growth is to do with thriving being resilient being a risk taker mm -hmm. open to continuous learning um, you're not scared about making mistakes 
Um, and what we look at is the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. Now, naturally, when you look at the traits of a fixed mindset person, we naturally go towards fixed. Mm -hmm. So a fixed mindset person might um, not rise to a challenge. They might avoid them or mm -hmm. they might say, oh, this is easy and then actually not do the challenge. Mm -hmm. um, they are worried about what people think of them. Mm -hmm. So they might not uh, put themselves forward for things because they think, well, if I make a mistake, everyone's going to think I'm stupid yeah. or uh, um, I'm, I can't do it. You might feel threatened by somebody's success. Mm -hmm. So if someone's doing better than you or what you perceive to be better, um, then you might be jealous of them, mm -hmm. green-eyed monster might come out, you might be unkind. Um, it might be um, that you take feedback as a personal criticism. Mm -hmm. um, and we do all these things. We default to fixed mindset because it protects us, it mm -hmm. keeps us safe. And what growth mindset is all about is trying to push ourselves out of our comfort zone, mm. not worry about what anyone else is thinking, but just really concentrating on developing us as a person and being the best version of ourselves. Yeah, I love that. That was a great explanation. <laughs> um, and obviously we've had a conversation before mm. and, um, you know, I was sort of saying that when I was in teaching, I don't think we ever really talked about mindset, mm. whereas in business, it's a massive thing. Mm. And I think through my my business journey, when I've looked into it, not, not from an educational level, mm. it's such a powerful mm. tool mm. To, to, to understand your mindset and how how powerful it is and mm. by saying the right things honestly it's like you can make miracles happen yeah definitely if you really if you really believe it and you take yeah. consistent action mm. it's amazing and i just think if, if children can learn about that and teachers can learn about that then it's something i want to teach my my daughter who's only yeah. three so i just think wow absolutely amazing yeah um so if a teacher's sat there listening wondering where on earth to start mm. you know have you got some starters, some simple techniques that could be implemented quite quickly? I think the first thing that teachers sometimes miss out when they're looking at growth mindset is actually looking at themselves mm -hmm. and really looking at what is it that triggers you to have a fixed mindset or a negative thought? Is it your response to a challenge? Is it your response to feedback when you've had an observation in your classroom? Do you okay. always home in on the negative bit? Is it your uh, response to effort? Are you, oh, I can't be bothered to do that. Um, is it your self-belief where you're actually thinking, I, I'm not sure I can do this? Mm. Um, or are you worried about making mistakes? I think if you start by looking at yourself, it's a really powerful tool because you can start sharing those stories with the children. Mm. Um, and what um, we used to do as classroom practitioners is we'd say, do you know what? I've had a fixed mindset today. Um, I was offered some sushi and I just thought, oh my God, I can't eat that. Um, but do you know what? I went for it and I had a go and it was all right. Um, but maybe I won't eat it again. So it's yeah. that sort of, and sharing those um, elements with the children makes it real for them. And yeah. they think, yeah. oh, well, actually, Miss made a mistake today or Miss couldn't be bothered today, but that's okay. Um, and she made a choice to either change or we're going to give her some good advice. They're brilliant at that. So if I'd made a mistake, um, say the computer wasn't working and they'd go, oh, computer, give up. The kids would go, no, don't give up, Miss. Let's keep going. Let's try something new. They'd give me yeah, advice yeah. and yeah, it yeah. just makes it part of a classroom community as well. Yeah, and I guess sort of saying that it, it's all right to say those things yeah. as long as you're happy to be corrected. Yeah, um, absolutely. And we can correct each other together. And that's really important in your classroom. It's a safe space. So if somebody does make a mistake or someone is feeling, I can't be bothered today, that that's okay. Yeah. Let's discuss it. How are we going to change that? Um, but no one's going to laugh at you, so don't worry. 
So have there been any moments where you feel like children have really turned around from using the techniques or teachers using the techniques in the classroom? Yeah, we had very quickly when we started in the classroom, children who had or deemed themselves to be low achievers um, really picked themselves up quite quickly in terms of their self-esteem, in terms of their confidence. They wanted to give things a go. They wanted to try things. Um, and because of that, their um, academic scores increased quite rapidly. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we were closing the achievement gap, which, were, hey, we all want to do that. Yeah. Um, but as a, as a an individual story there was a, a boy in one of my classes um i'm going to call him martin um and martin had adhd so he did have some difficulties already he found school very stressful mm -hmm. um and we've been doing some work on fractions he was in year four um and we'd done the 20 minutes it'd been interactive whiteboards out let's do some cards let's do some um, matching activities let's help each other let's show each other how we do it okay it's time for you to go and do your um, individual work so i'd given martin his work and within about five minutes he'd thrown the work on the floor mm. i'm not doing it i can't do maths i'm rubbish at maths um getting really quite anxious quite stressed um, and I just went over to him and just sat with him for about 10 minutes and just started talking, what is it, what is it, what do you mean you can't do maths? He said, I can't do any of this maths, it's rubbish. Um, I said, okay, um, let's see, can you do uh, 3 add 12? So he just rattled off 15. Can you do um, 5 times 7? Yeah, it's 35. Okay, so you can do that maths. He's like, yeah, okay. Um, and then I was saying, oh, well, what about in year 3 when you had maths then? Oh, I could do year 3 maths, that no problem. It's just this maths I can't do. I was like, okay. Um, and um, who do you think's the best in here at maths? And he picked out George. I said, okay, so I'm going to send George to year six. And um, do you think George will be okay in year six? And now he's going to find it well hard in year six. He's like, oh, well hard. Right. So that. he can't do maths in year six. Um, and you're struggling with the maths in year four. I said, oh, oh right, yeah, okay. Um, so it's not that you're not good at maths. It's not that you can't do maths. It's just that George has had more experience in fractions but he actually needs pushing now because he's getting them all right. You're still working on this area, but I said, what you're forgetting is the progress you've made since you've started this school. He was comparing himself to the year four curriculum mm -hmm. and what we say as a school, you should be achieving at year four. Mm. And he was comparing himself to all the other children in the classroom rather than focusing on actually the progress that he had made in the time that he'd been at the school. Um, so as soon as we'd had this conversation, like I say, 10 minutes, that's all it took. He was like, okay, yeah, give me a challenge. Let's go for it. I was like, okay, gave him some challenges. Go and work with George. Go and see what he does. So we went and worked with George for a bit. And he was absolutely buzzing. Now, don't get me wrong, that feeling probably lasted a day. Yeah. But the important thing about growth mindset is that you keep sending those messages over and over and over again. Yeah. Because eventually we're just nudging him very steadily to become more growth orientated. And I think we, we all have to do that as well. You know, mm -hmm. even even people who do profess to sort of know about a positive mindset, yeah. myself, I, you know, there are times when I think, oh, things haven't been going that well this week. And then I think, hang on a minute, mm. I haven't been talking to myself. Yeah. I haven't been talking to myself <laughs> up or, or saying, uh, you know, my goals yeah. uh, out loud or anything like that. So, yeah, I think we do have to keep bringing ourselves back to it. And it's one of those mm. things that, you can always re-listen to it and get something yeah. new out of it, can't you? you know, if it's about a mindset book or anything. Yeah, and um, schools do forget that as well, that they sometimes will have talked to them and they said, oh, we did that last year, we did growth mindset last year. 
and it's not that it is a constant let's keep doing it just like when you go to the gym and you work your muscles if you stop going to the gym your muscles start aching you know they don't work yeah. as well as they did and growth mindset is exactly the same you've got to keep constantly working at it it's a culture isn't it and mm. and it's funny because a lot of the um podcast interviews that I've that I've done recently have been about culture so mm. I actually did one with John Murray um, and he was talking about uh, reading but right. he was saying actually it's got to be a reading culture in yeah. school if you want to be good readers then it has to be a culture Absolutely. that we're readers and it's the same thing yeah if you want growth mindset it's got to be a culture that we have growth mindset yeah. Um, I guess it begs the question, like, how many cultures can you kind of <laughs> put in together and mix uh, together? No, yeah. That could be, uh, which one do we want to go for? <laughs> um, so when you do your training, then, do you give do you give teachers kind of scripts for the kind of languages to use or yeah. go through that kind of thing? We do. We, we start, our, our training always starts on reflecting on themselves. So like I said before, that's the most important thing that a teacher can do is really recognising in themselves where they are with their own mindset. Um, because what we want is them to go into the classroom and to emulate growth mindset. And if you're um, not doing that, and um, it's never going to work with the kids. So we always start with that. But then we move on to, yeah, looking at language, how the language that we use with our colleagues, how the language that we hear and how the language that we talk to the children affects mindsets. Because mm. what we say affects a child's mindset. What um, a colleague says affects our mindset. And it's about thinking about the, what we say before we say it. So we do give them some ideas. We get them thinking mostly for themselves, mm -hmm. but we do give them some ideas as well as things that they can use. And we often have this little joke that we, we give them a poster and um, it's about responses. So if a child says, I can't do it, how are you going to respond? And um, we have a bit of a giggle by saying, a child's just said, I can't do it. You're legging it across the classroom to look at this poster. What should I need to say? And then you're like, the moment's passed, hasn't it? But mm. we say, maybe just concentrate on the one that's said the most, just homing on that response that you're going to tap into your brain keep using that because the more you use it the more it's just going to become natural mm -hmm. um, and then work on something else rather than trying to work mm -hmm. on all of them at the same time so if a child did say i can't do it mm -hmm. what would you suggest the teacher says to them i'd be saying that well no one can do it in the beginning um because we're learning something completely new and you talk about your brain so your brain is making neural connections um, we're trying to at first when you're making that neural connection it's weak and it's going to make mistakes but that's okay. If as long as you keep trying, it will get easier and easier because your brain is making a stronger neural pathway. Um, so it's those sorts of things that we talk about. So really, it's it's, it's educating them about about the brain as well, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we spend quite a long time, especially in our mindset workshops that we do. We'll talk about how the brain works, where their mindset lives, mm -hmm. how their brain learns, and we get them up uh, with wall-making neural pathways and that sort of thing. Um, and, and they're fascinated by the brain, absolutely yeah, fascinated That is by amazing. It. And mm -hmm. I guess, you know, if you can tap into that knowledge every time, then it, it, it does mm. make sense to you. It's a, I suppose it's a very adult thing, yeah, yeah. really, but, mm. you know, if the children can understand it, then they yeah. can tap into that as well. So I'm interested to know how... How is it received by the teachers? So I, I'm thinking in my mind of like a typical school a staff room. Mm -hmm. And I know that there will be some teachers there who, because there's people in my life who I think are the same. Um, <laughs> I, you know, oh, I don't believe in all that mumbo jumbo mm -hmm. uh, growth mindset. And, um, you know, how have, how have teachers responded? And, and have you had any 
teachers kind of get light bulb moments as well mm. from from that experience? I'd, I'd definitely say we've probably got a 99% light bulb moment rather than the 1% negative, which has been brilliant. What a lot of teachers have said to us is they didn't realise the impact they were having on themselves and mm -hmm. the impact they were having on the children. Um, we've we've had a good laugh and a good cry sometimes when teachers have said, I realise why my mindset is like this now. It's because this happened to me when I was a child or, yeah, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and some people have said, oh, my God, that was just like therapy because we always get them to reflect and talk really openly about the struggles that they're having yeah. with their own mindset. Um, and they've said, it's just been so nice to speak to somebody about it and nobody's judged me. Um, so the, the response from training has been really, really good. Um, yet there is always going to be the person that's chewing a wasp at the back. Um, and But what we sort of aim for is if your leadership team are passionate about it, mm -hmm. they're determined to drive it through the school, the wasp chewer will eventually think I'm missing out and join, join the pack. Um, and and it, I'd rather it be like like that than um, not do anything at all. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so do you find um, do you find the growth mindset kind of helps with well-being and mm. do you also advise uh, schools or SLT on workload as well and maybe taking some things away because sometimes mm. I think it, it's great to have a great mindset but if you've still got all that work then mm. well growth mindset is scientifically proven to reduce uh, the symptoms of uh, mental illness mm -hmm. but also if you start early enough with your primary school children then it can uh, prevent it in later life as well so it does have really good benefits in terms of your mental well-being um, we don't really specifically talk to head teachers about workload and, and whatnot but um, I think the schools that we've been into and talked about growth mindset, they've realised for themselves that actually, yes, we can do this. We can do growth mindset and make it a culture, but also we need to make other changes as well. Mm. They themselves start thinking differently and becoming more growth orientated themselves and thinking, actually, that's not what a growth leader would do. That's We need to get rid of some bits and pieces. So it's sort of followed on by accident, really. And do you find that... Um kind of follow schools on the journey do you, mm. I mean do you go in and, and, and deliver training and then, and then leave them or do they kind of stay with you um, yeah a lot of the schools that we've worked with it's been we've been with them for the past year mm. um, so we we started with them roughly about October and we're still working with them now mm -hmm. uh, and that is um, it's been fab because when you're been in a school for so long and you've created friendships with colleagues and you've come away and there's the two of you although that's not lonely you know you're working with my yeah, best yeah, friend yeah. it can be um different um, yeah. so this has been lovely to become part of a lot of different schools yeah. working with them on their journey and seeing the successes that they have um in a, quite a short period of time we're only 12 months down the line but they're yeah. still rolling with their journey which has been lovely yeah. yeah and I guess as well you know you'll pick up different things won't you and mm -hmm. how different schools have implemented things and then that makes you more experienced Absolutely. and knowledgeable to then help other schools as well yeah because you can pass on that that knowledge or yeah. suggest different things to try as well yeah definitely which is brilliant yeah thank you um okay I'm gonna ask you a difficult question mm -hmm. I ask everyone this question okay so if you could wave a magic wand mm. how would you solve the life work balance problem for teachers oh um i think it's got to start with leaders leadership has got to change and leadership has got to change in the way that they're not dancing to ofsted's tune mm -hmm. all the time they've got to do what's best for their school and their staff um obviously work-life balance has 
got to be addressed um, because mm -hmm. um, yes, it's part of the reason why I left the profession and so many amazing teachers are leaving the profession because yeah. of it. That has got to be really addressed. But I think it's down to the individual school rather than someone in parliament to suggest what those ideas are going to be. Um, schools have got to make a decision for themselves. For themselves. Mm. Brilliant. Um, okay. Who was your favourite teacher at school and why? I think I'm going to go with a secondary teacher, Mr. Taylor. Um, he was my geography teacher. Um, and Mr. Taylor taught my brother as well. So my brother had a bit of a reputation. He was older than me. Um, my brother had a bit of a reputation. So when I arrived, it was like, oh, no, not another one of that family. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But actually, um, Mr. Taylor was brilliant. I just loved his lessons. There was only seven of us in my GCSE year with Mr. Taylor because... Wow. We were one of the few years that took 12 GCSEs um, and I was part of that group. And um, he was funny. He basically said, when you're in year seven, I hate you. By the time you get to year 11, I love you. And it was, it was that journey. And it was like a, a relationship that, that grew and he used to wind me up because I used to roll my skirt up and he'd say, can you get it any shorter? And those sorts of things, yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of really nice banter. So definitely Mr. Taylor's up there on my list. <laughs> oh, that was nice. I love I love um hearing the stories about the favourite teachers, especially mm. when like they're really passionate. Yeah. Um where do you think education needs to go in the next ten years? Ooh, tricky. Um at the moment I'm gonna put my growth mindset hat on because we need a massive change in education. Mm. Um at the moment it's too results driven. It's too much about a number. Children are not children anymore. They're a statistic. And that needs to go. That needs to change. It needs to be about developing these amazing people into lifelong, um, well-rounded people. Mm. Um, and I know that a lot of children are coming out of high school, college, university, and they've not got any life skills. And yeah. it's that it's that's where I think education needs to head more towards now is that well-roundedness rather than just the academics all the time. And I guess um, just thinking about that, um, so I actually went to a Lended conference uh, at the beginning of the year, I think, with a colleague. And um, one of the things that they said there was, um, you know, our children are going to have jobs that don't exist yet yeah. and how do we prepare them for that yeah. and I turned to my colleague and said well how did you feel about that because our job didn't exist you mm. know we, obviously it's a resources website that that didn't exist yeah. and the kind of thing that we're doing and she was like mm, well I felt fine about it but the thing is we're quite similar as people mm. we're natural um, researchers mm. and I guess really the growth mindset is kind of helping them realize that in this kind of world mm. where you don't know what job is going to be available in the next 10 years mm. that school can't necessarily prepare you for, no. the best thing we can do is help them to be lifelong learners. That's it. You know, grow mm. the mindset to always be learning because yeah. they might have to, maybe not at university, it's kind of like coming away from that, mm. I think. It's more, mm. you know, what can you research on the internet and become an expert in that then you can go get a job in. Yeah, absolutely. And also that um, understanding that if an opportunity comes along, go and grab it because goodness knows where it'll take you rather yeah. than making an excuse that, oh, I can't do that right now. Um, so there's things like that. But yeah, interesting. And, and sometimes it doesn't matter about the end goal as well mm. because when I think back to um, my choice at university, I chose mm. performing arts and people say to me, oh, you know, so did you want to be an actress then? And I think deep down that, 
I knew that I didn't really want to go down mm. that road, but I enjoyed that. Yeah. But it didn't matter where it was taking me. It just mattered that I did that. And then Absolutely. when I got to the end of that road, then I'd figure it out. And that's yeah. why I just had to do teaching because there's no <laughs> else to do. But at the end of the day, I knew that wasn't forever. Yeah. And I figured something out. Yeah. And that's and, okay. And I love doing that's this. Okay it's okay to change. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I think you're right. Yeah. Grab an opportunity. It doesn't matter if you think it's going down a different road. Mm. If you think that it's going to be good for your long term, then do it. And yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean you're going down a rabbit hole, does it? No. Exactly. Um, okay, so who's your inspiration within education? Um, there's quite a few people, I suppose. Um, I, I've got a lot of head teachers that I really admire. Just the way that they, um, that their whole demeanour just tells me that they're in it for the staff and they're in it for the children. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them I've had, had the pleasure of meeting a couple of months back. Um, and she's a head teacher. No, she's not. She's a CEO of uh, the Forwarders One um, Trust, um, okay, it's a multi academy yeah. trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've forgotten her name. <laughs> we'll find out her name and we'll put her in the show notes. <laughs> Karen Bramwell. There oh, there you go. And it was a birthday this week, so happy birthday, Karen. Um, but yeah, uh, Karen Bramwell is the CEO of, of the, the trust. And um, she just. She did actually, I met her at an awards ceremony, um, both myself and Liz had made it to the finals of the Inspire Women Awards for Education, oh, wow. and Karen was there for leadership, and she mm-hmm. won. Um, and I've known Karen on the sidelines for quite a long time because I did my outstanding uh, teaching training with her mm-hmm. school, and she also introduced me to Kagan, um, I'm not sure whether you've heard of that, but it's Cooperative Learning Strategies. So I've, she's been on the sidelines and at the awards ceremony, just got managed to get chatting with her and she loves her staff. And me and Liz were sat at her table and we were saying, if you look around the table, you couldn't tell which one was the CEO because yes. she embraced everybody who was there. She'd um, invited um, the, the, the business manager of one school. It was the head of another school. There was a low, a range of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, teachers were there. TA was there. So it was. It wasn't in a pecking order. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really clear. The other thing that's really clear with Karen is everything's about the children. What's mm-hmm. best for her children in her school? What's going to make them thrive? And she works in schools that are in some of the most deprived areas of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just that epitomizes what leadership and teaching is all about mm-hmm. it's about the kids and not about about the results so she really inspires me um there's another guy on um twitter who you might know yeah. um and that's dave from flake fleet primary from the britain's got talent um school that okay. went and reached yeah. the finals yeah. Um, Dave McPartlin, we've been in touch with him as well. He's really inspirational because, again, it's about I believe in these kids. Mm-hmm. I believe they can achieve whatever they want to, no matter where they come from or whatever background they've got. Um, and again, it's all about the children at his school. He's currently doing another project at the moment, trying to um, sort of reimagine Fleetwood um, mm-hmm. as well and make that a big dream. But um, yeah, he's he's a great one to get in touch with as well. Fantastic, yeah. thank you. Um, and you've, you know, you've mentioned two possible people from the podcast. Thank you very much. Well <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, and last question then: What did you want to be when you grew up? I always wanted to be a teacher. Really? Yeah. Um, right from probably the age of eleven, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, and everything that I did 
um, was to try and get to that goal. So I was in the guides and I worked myself up to be a, a leader. Mm -hmm. um, I worked, took a gap year and I worked in a nursery and got my um, MVQ3 for a nursery nursing. I um, helped out my old primary school doing reading. And then when I went to university, I did my BA in um, teaching primary years. Um, so everything that I did was 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 to be a teacher, and and, and now I'm not teaching. Yeah. Well, I was going to say <laughs> I've come full circle. Do you feel but, yeah. like you've mm. left teaching, or not so much? No, I don't. I've actually I feel I still do supply teaching if I get get time. Okay, yeah. Um, but what I do like about the job that I'm in now is I go in and work with these kids. I do something that I'm really passionate about, mm -hmm. and I feel that I have a massive impact on the, on the children in that classroom. Um, so I still doing the job that, that it's like I love. a bigger calling, isn't it? You yeah. know, to reach more people with a, a specific expertise. Yeah, and it's something that I I am really pleased that mm. somebody's teaching children this. Yeah, because I feel like you know I learned about this probably I don't know after thirty mm. and. And I, I just thought, can you imagine what I'd have achieved by now if I knew no. this as a child? Exactly. And and as well, I always think my parenting would have been so different when they were younger mm -hmm. than what it is now, because I've learned so much on the journey as well. But yeah, yeah. but it's got me where I am today. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. That's been lovely. Thank um, you. I really hope that um, all the teachers listening implement some of those. Yeah, definitely. Some of those scripts, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I'm sure Gemma would love to. To hear from you as well okay. um, so thank you thank you thank you so much for listening after learning so much about mindset and how having a positive one can unlock so many amazing things I'm so happy knowing that children and adults up and down the country are being let in on this little secret to me my mindset is my superpower. Believing things can happen and saying that they will is instrumental for success. Imagine if we all had this knowledge and applied it religiously. Where would we be? If you haven't already, try changing some of the language in your classroom this week and see what happens. You'll find everything that Gemma talked about in the show notes. And let me know who else you'd like to hear from and what you'd like me to ask them. If it's the first time you're listening to the Teachers Podcast, check out our other episodes for some more great listens. We've been securing some more fantastic guests for you. And if you want to request that someone is on the podcast, then you can let us know in the Facebook group called the Teachers Podcast Community. This episode is now live on YouTube, so don't forget to subscribe to the channel. And did you love this episode? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. See you next week. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.